1: suburb has all all the hallmarks of a decent place to live even though it's quite far away from Brisbane. And yeah, you know, we we turned out to be right like all these Brussels and Red Bank and like these sort of suburbs are valuing within months like 20-30% more than what we paid.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like A Pro, we're chatting with founder of Housefinder, Simon Liu. He shares the success story of a long-time client who purchased a property in one of Brisbane's once undesirable suburbs and is reaping its rewards. Its impressive valuation in just 8 months goes to show that a standard house doesn't always yield standard results. Lou's client purchased this property in February 2022, a time when the market was seeing interest rate rises for many months in a row. The full-time Navy man is used to spending his days at sea, but nothing could prepare him for the wave he was about to arrive when it came to this Brisbane property.
1: He's on a mission to to accumulate a lot of property, to get enough perhaps to build passive income uh, and, you know, as with a lot of my clients and any investor, really, their goal is just to have a uh, either an earlier retirement or a more secure retirement.
0: So, at the moment, he's in that accumulation phase to purchase more properties and you said that he's got some in WA and Brisbane or Queensland?
1: And Brisbane, correct. And it, it, we're on our fourth property. Um, so, this was um, his fourth, the one that we're about to talk about. Uh, and every property that is bought up until this point has been a product of pulling equity out of each house. Right. So it wasn't a result of him saving uh, money or uh, for deposits from his day job. It was simply about buying well on these fundamentals that we've discussed time and time again. Uh, and within literally months, pulling out the equity and sh- uh, having enough equity to purchase another house, another house, another house and kind of repeating that process as well. And then at a certain point, you know, after you've exhausted, keep exhausting this equity, Just a side note as well, you know, maybe the focus moving forward will be a house where it's got excessive or a lot of cash flow just to balance the portfolio out, you know, so your neutral or positive cash flow again, and then you can look at maybe the next four or five deals. So, yeah, very ambitious guy, you know, wants to achieve passive income. uh, And I think based on the results of the first three houses where we've pulled out quite a lot of equity from him along the way, he was more than happy to kind of keep, just keep rolling with the process, which obviously works for me as well. Um, anyway. So we bought this house, very standard house. In, okay. So anyway, it's in a suburb called Redbank Plains. Red Bank Plains is in uh, Ipswich in Brisbane. Um, and anyone who knows Red Bank Plains knows that it's full of houses that are somewhat similar. You know, they're 10 to 20 years old brick, mostly single story um, three, four bedrooms ranging from land sizes from 300 square metres to 600 square metres.
0: Oh, well, that's not very big actually. Then.
1: And they were like back in 20 years ago, you know, there was a lot of land releases here and they built a lot of um, uh, kind of like project homes. So a lot of them are all very similar. Um, obviously, we're in now buying now these properties where uh, – Uh, you know, they're not brand new, but they still, you know, most of them are fine, livable, safe, clean, tidy, uh, somewhat bulletproof. You know, you you can't really like, these are the lowest maintenance type of properties you can buy. Anyway, what's interesting about Red Bag Plains is the narrative for 2022, uh, or not narrative should I say, but like the the reality of what's happened on the ground, especially in Southeast Queensland slash Brisbane was that growth has been pretty much non-existent, right? Maybe a few percentage here and there, blah, blah, blah. And that's off the back of a couple of things. Number one, during uh, COVID and anywhere between um, uh, 2019, 2018 up until 2021, Brisbane has grown a lot, right? Red Bank Plains, actually not Red Bank Plains, but like Brisbane, Logan, Moreton Bay, a lot of these areas have like close to doubled in value, right? So that, along with the, you know, interest rate rises, uh, a lot of fear in the market has meant that most of Brisbane has remained stagnant. Now, why we were still heavily in Brisbane, and we, we were very heavy in areas like Red Bank Plains and Goodner and uh, surrounding suburbs um, is because we we noticed that this area was incredibly underpriced compared to all these other suburbs that just went crazy, They went up so much, right? And using this particular example, this was a standard four-bedroom house brick. The land size wasn't that big, it was only about I think it was like 470 or 500 square meters. So not like a massive, massive block, but a very standard house in Red Bank Plains. We paid $417,000 for it in February. Um, And in, where are we now, November? So in October, it revalued for 550 per week, 553, uh, not five per week, $553,000. Yeah. So that amount of equity, or was the product of growth
0: that is substantial for just one one year? Not even
1: less than one year. I mean, February to October is what
0: six months, seven months. You can see, you know, where, where the mathematicians are.
1: <laughs> no, I'm terrible at mess. but if you if you put if you put a dollar sign in front of the number, I'm, I'm suddenly very good at it. <laughs> so, um, so. And if you look at what's... Like Red Bank Plains, there was an article literally that came out yesterday. I saw that one of one of the 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 biggest growth areas in all of Australia over the past 12 months has been Red Bank Plains specifically. And I'm not saying this to boast that, oh, we picked the right suburb and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think the writing was on the wall because when we're buying a house, like a four-bed, pretty nice house for $417,000 back in February um, where... You know, suburbs surrounding suburbs, even in the areas like Springfield, Springfield Lakes, which is like a next suburb down, was selling like a similar product would be selling for six, seven hundred thousand dollars. Like it was, it was only going to be a matter of time before the flaw in effect, or before it, it it starts getting hit hard with a lot of owner occupiers and first home buyer activity, like I keep talking about. And that was the driver for growth because people got priced out of other suburbs. People realised that it was an incredibly affordable option, and also there's a lot of stuff happening around Ipswich, Redbank Plains in terms of like the you know new town centre at Ripley, which is like literally two suburbs away from Redbank Plains. When I say new new town centre, cent, it's like a, a completely new commercial precinct
0: with like it's com- community being built.
1: Yeah, exactly, new community. And yeah, it's just a, a, again a massive influx over the past several months of people wanting to actually live, not only in Ipswich but in Redbank Plains in particular, because it's very—it's a nice suburb. You know, it, it's not like full of burnt-out cars and run-down this and that,
0: and not a low social economical area.
1: It doesn't have that feel, no. Especially if you're coming from other parts of Australia, like if you're coming from Sydney or Melbourne, you may associate with an area like Redbank Plains to be quite low socio. But when you actually go there and drive through, and I have many clients that go to these areas to do a drive-by of the house and check out the area, and they're always pleasantly surprised. Like, why, what's wrong with this place? There's nothing wrong with it. Why is it so cheap?
0: Coming up after the break, we venture out west.
1: And then when we were buying Brasso, I remember like a lot of the feedback that we were getting from clients is like, oh, it's so far away, Simon. You know, Why would we buy here?
0: He explains why you shouldn't always aim as high as you can.
1: Incredibly risky, super bad cash flow.
0: We explore his philosophy towards the fine line he walks every day.
1: I think like anything in life, like whether you're buying houses or business or cars or clothes, even groceries, like everyone wants a sale, everyone wants a bargain.
0: And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote property invest story. With a $140,000 increase over 8 months, the valuation came as a pleasant surprise to Lou and his client. However, the question remains, why was it so cheap to begin with?
1: It's all sentiment, it's all sentiment, it's all stigma, right? Today, if you log online, go on Google, and you Google on uh, forums or Facebook groups or whatever, and you just type in Red Bank Plains. Most of the feedback that you're gonna see and read is high crime, high unemployment. You know, I wouldn't drive past there with the windows down. You know, and mostly from like Brisbane locals, who, um, uh, I guess, lived at a time where this area was actually pretty low socio, right? And that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of these areas, um, uh, like back in February, was was priced quite low, is because the sentiment is that people don't want to buy there. It's just like quite simply supply and demand, and the reason why people don't want to buy there is because they're they're afraid. They're afraid of the low socio where they look at they look at the fact that let's say, you know, houses in a few suburbs away in Brisbane was uh six, seven $700,000, but in Red Bank Plains it's like $400,000. there has got to be a reason for that. You know, people are almost skeptical because an area is too cheap, right? So, you know, but they don't see obviously the positive side of it is because that there is no real reason for that massive price gap. And sooner or later, it's going to play catch up. So you know we, 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 we kind of picked up we picked up so many properties in this like Redbank Plains, uh, Bundamba, good, you know even all the way out to Brassel, Brassel is like a really really far like you know basically as far away from Brisbane as you can get.
0: Like how many Ks are we talking about?
1: Oh, I need to search it again. it's not off on my head, but it'd be let's say about like 50 Ks, let's say 50 Ks away from Brisbane. And then beyond Brassel is desert. <laughs> and, then, and then you get to Toowoomba.
0: That's quite far, yes.
1: And, and then when we were buying Brassel, I remember like a lot of the feedback that we were getting from clients is like, oh, it's so far away, Simon. You know, why would we buy here? You know, and I'm, I am was saying like, because houses like 350,000 from 422 in Brassel is just so unbelievably undervalued and cheap. You know, all, the suburb has all, all the hallmarks of a decent place to live, even though it's quite far away from Brizzy. Um... And yeah, you know, we turned out to be right. Like, the all these Brussels and Red Bank and like these sort of suburbs are valuing for within months like twenty, thirty percent more than what we paid.
0: And and this is really interesting because I, I get a lot of valuations done for the sites that I work on because um, I'm sort of more in the development space. And a lot of the valuers are now coming back with very conservative figures. And when I say conservative figures, sometimes at ten, twenty percent below what we had anticipated six months ago. So if if things are, are valued up, especially in those, then must be something fundamentally right going on in those areas for it to actually be valued at 20 percent higher than what you purchased at. But also too, you know, it sounds like you've also bought in really well. You know, once again, buying into the market really well is so important.
1: Everyone knows that like, you know, or if they don't know already, like my main focus is to get distressed and off market deals so that we can buy them cheaper than what they're currently worth at the time. So when we picked up the the house in in, in Red Bank Redbank Place 417 you know we 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 anticipated the value at the time to be maybe around about the 474 80k mark right so about 10 15% below market value but then what's also caused it to revalue at the 550k range is just organic growth that's happened so there's markets within markets absolutely you know don't just think oh you know the you hear the news are oh, uh, the the property markets Completely screwed, right? Because of these interest rates, like it's it's not true. Like there is a certain pocket of area that, of uh, yeah, properties that will definitely take a hit. Um, But on the flip side, there are so many areas that will absorb that hit with a new influx of people needing affordable housing, and these are the areas during downturns, during quiet periods that not only maintain demand and maintain rental uh demand and even a little bit of growth but they actually have the biggest prospects to continue growing as well because ultimately people need houses to live right that's that's the most important thing and like in especially majorly built up areas you know if when affordability is scarce then a lot of these uh low socio areas will, will will change and turn into better areas as well
0: that's right, and also there will be a huge rental increase and so forth. So, for that particular property that um, your client purchased, uh, what kind of rental uh, income did, does he receive on something like that?
1: It's currently rented for five thirty a week, I think. Yeah, which is uh, in line in line with the eighty four two two in in, in Redbank Plains. Uh, the, the the rent has actually gone up a lot uh, in this area. Um, Anywhere in Australia, like the rental market is just insane. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, cash flow positive. It's, you know, a, 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 a very perfect and ideal property to leverage off and buy more houses. So you take the equity, you use the equity, but you've still got enough cash flow to service whatever equity you used, especially if we get the next deal right as well. Okay. So... Yeah, like, you know, I guess for a lot of investors out there listening, like, don't be afraid to look in areas where it's had a little bit of a bad stigma, a little bit of a not, – not like the right um, – uh, emotionally, not what you would consider like a good area.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's That's where the opportunities lie. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go in blindly and not know what the issues and the concerns are within the area. But eventually, things come better. It's just the time of when you go in. And obviously, with Red Banks, planes, you've gone in at the time when things were just changing. And when that changes, it's to a huge benefit for the investor.
1: There are so many levels. You know. Like so many people say, is it a good area or a bad area? It's like, is it a good area or a bad area? But there's so many like in-betweens. You know, it's an okay area. It's a decent area. It's a, it's a lower socio area. You never, As investors, you never want to get the top. Right. If you buy the most nicest areas, there's actually a glass ceiling as to how much,
0: and you're paying premium too.
1: Incredibly risky, super bad cash flow. Equally as important is you don't buy in the worst areas, because you are going to deal with more crime, more damage, worse tenants. Uh, you know the, the the prospects of that area gentrifying is much less. Um, but uh, the stuff in between, or even even erring towards a side of uh cheaper areas like that's often where a lot of the gold is you know so uh focus on these areas now equally as important is to ensure that you're getting good deals yeah because they're everywhere now like if you're not finding uh a an investor who's uh uh struggling to meet repayments because they they over-leveraged or they over-borrowed when they bought that property. If you're not finding um, properties that just need to sell really quickly or urgently, or maybe a property that's been leased uh, to a a tenant, uh, to a long-term tenant and they've got a long lease in place and they can't sell that house because, uh, sorry, sorry, they can't sell that house conventionally because they've got that tenant in then uh yeah you need to be looking for these opportunities for sure and 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 hopefully getting getting yourself good bargains
0: yeah and and th- as as we have mentioned many times on the podcast is you know you make your money when you buy in and ultimately you know you've got to make sure you look at the fundamentals making sure that um there's some kind of form of opportunity there um to make it a win-win situation because you know you're not looking to to Take advantage of someone's situation, but you are trying to help them in some sense or shape or form.
1: Yeah, I mean look, these guys most of the people that are selling these houses cheaper than what they are, they know they 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 fully realise it. It's not it's not like, you know, we're tricking them into signing a piece of paper that's way less than what the house is or the agents kind of fooled them into it somehow. It's all out there. Like you just look at real estate and go, hey, how much would my house be worth? Look at what's sold recently. Look at what your neighbors sold their house for. But there are some, so many genuine, genuine circumstances where not only maybe the seller doesn't care about the highest price, they've got other pressing things to do. Maybe they um, they can't necessarily get the price they want because of certain situations. Uh, they can't sell it on market for privacy reasons, for personal reasons. You know, we talked about this in the past, like in divorce situations, there I get so many scenarios where they like one side of the divorced couple deliberately sells a house cheaper just to obviously, you know, you know, they're not, they're not very, they're not, they're not friends anymore. So they want to, they want to spite like the, 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 the partner or maybe like how the, the, how they divide the assets or whatever. I don't know i have never been divorced, so I don't know how it works. But so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, I think like anything in life, like whether you're buying a houses or business or cars or clothes, even groceries, like everyone wants a sale, everyone wants a bargain. Um, and in, in, in the world of property, I think it's in this environment in particular where growth is not guaranteed, right, especially in the near term. Like making money by buying well, getting a bargain, absorbing that risk. Getting getting it's a, a property where you can literally sell it the next day and not lose any money, at the very least, you know, let alone maybe even make some money, is 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 super important. That kind of absorbs a lot of the the downside.
0: It's crucial, and I think that's that's very very wise um, that we look at it from that point of view as well, especially for investors, because we're ultimately here not for the just the short, uh, not for short term, but for long term, and um, you know, the gains will definitely pay off in the long term. So. Excellent. Well, that's been a, a v- fantastic story and I'm looking forward to hearing how this uh, client goes in the future. If he's up to his fourth one, I'm sure they'll be getting more through sooner than later.
1: I think who I will say that I think that he is running into serviceability issues <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> which is the biggest problem in, 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 in my world. Um, but, uh, you know, we're working with a very very good broker that's actually uh, – he's been on the podcast a few times as well, uh, Michael Zia – so um, I'm sure he'll be able to work some wonders and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully keep going, yeah, for sure.
0: property invest story.